Hello, everyone. Uh, this is episode zero of Gaming's Lost Memories, uh, a podcast designed to cover the historical elements of the video game industry, as well as telling stories, thoughts, and reflections on uh, video games that I've played over the years. I'm your host, Big Reed. Uh, I have been <laughs> playing video games for probably way too long, uh, 30 years or so. Um, and one thing that I kind of wanted to, to do with this is kick off this podcast with uh, a non-numbered um, episode, so episode zero, kind of just to cover my thoughts on a video game franchise that I have played and I love, but I feel like it doesn't get the love that it deserves, uh, the Dot Hack series. So in particular, uh, the Dot Hack GU series, which we'll kind of be, you know, talking about today, uh, but I'll give a, a brief history as to like what it is and everything like that as well. So Dot Hack is a series of, I want to say, seven mainline games, a PSP game, an anime, a manga. Uh, there's, there's a lot with it. Uh, it's a Japanese role-playing game. Um, the first four games um, that starred, I want to say, Kite. So I haven't played these ones too much, but Kite was the, uh, the main character there. So you had four games that all kind of continued in a pseudo... MMO world <laughs> where you played offline. They were on the PlayStation 2. Uh, funny enough, so I have a, a video game room uh, and I have like a giant shelf and I, I have all of the original games on the PlayStation 2, uh, but I was taking a look at them just out of curiosity. And, uh, you know, the very first one I got for like $12 used uh, at GameStop. And it's kind of funny to think back to a lot of those games. Um, you know, it, recently the video ga the video game industry especially the used game market has completely exploded so i'm sure if you're fond of retro games or anything like that you know you're probably experiencing that a little bit yourself uh when you're kind of looking for those you know older games you know either you know super nintendo 64 playstation you know you go back a little bit and uh it's they're getting expensive <laughs> so if you were fortunate enough to pick them up at the time you know you got a lot of good deals on these games uh, but Dot Hack, uh, you know, that was on the PlayStation 2. And my actual, my first experience with the series to kind of like, you know, talk a little bit about it, <clears throat> I was actually in the military at the time. Um, and when you're not on call, when you're not doing your job duties, training, you know, doing missions or, you know, deployed or anything like that, um, you know, you have some, some time to kill, right? <laughs> and, uh, I distinctly remember my roommate at the time, uh, he played a lot of like niche, you know, RPGs and everything like that. A lot of RPGs I did as well, but I didn't kind of go down that rabbit hole as deeply yet. But I remember watching him play, you know, these games and he has a party and it kind of looks like, uh, you know, an MMO type, you know, World of Warcraft or EverQuest or anything like that, where you have your party, you're running around, um, you know, there's like a, a desktop login and everything like that. And I think he might have been playing the the original Dot Hack game, but there's four of those. There's a sequel trilogy, Dot Hack GU trilogy. With that's that I really love those games. Um, I think there was a PSP game that was uh, that might have been Japan only. Um, I don't believe that ever came to North America because I definitely would have purchased it. But it's one of those games where kind of tricky to import uh, if you don't you know know the language uh, you might be able to get away with it with certain games um, but you know this is a really you know uh, 
uh, a, a, there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of uh, like reading. There's a lot of story. So I I think <laughs> that might have been a game a little too hard um, to you know kind of jump into <laughs> not understanding the language. Uh, I think most games would be like that, but that would be pretty difficult. But I remember like just looking over and watching him playing these games, and I'm like, that's pretty interesting. Uh, but then I want to say Dot Hack GU came out. That was uh, maybe 2006, I want to say. Uh, 2006, so I think he might have purchased it. This might have been a little bit later. This might have been like 2007. Um, but, you know, you're you're kind of, you're, you're, you're killing time. Um, I was playing a video game. He's playing a video game. We're just kind of like sitting in the barracks, right? And uh, I just remember like looking over at Dot Hack GU, the first one, Rebirth, and I'm like, this game like looks super interesting so you have like a, a you know an anime style um a lot of anime tropes and everything like that or manga tropes whatever you want to call them or jrpg tropes um at the time uh you know they they were specified as japanese role-playing games but that's an interesting thing that developed a, a lot more recently than i think people realized um you know like growing up playing you know final fantasy on nes or super nintendo um, or, you know, any other RPGs, but, you know, mainly those that, that kind of kicked it off for me pretty early, I would say. Um, but nobody called them Japanese role-playing games then. I, I want to say it was, uh, you know, generation seven of the game industry. So PS3, 360, Wii, where with Western RPGs, uh, and Western developers really kind of, I, I would say dominating, uh, the beginning part of that generation, probably like the first half, I would say, you know, like five or six years or so. Um, that's kind of when, you know, if you were looking for an RPG recommendation, you would have people that liked, you know, Elder Scrolls or other Western RPGs like that. And then there was people that would, you know, specify like, no, I want to play like, you know, a more Japanese oriented role-playing game. Um, so it was kind of interesting seeing that, but, you know, definitely at the time, uh, I don't recall us being like, oh, that's a Japanese role-playing game, but Dot Hack is an RPG that mimics an MMO, but it's an offline, you know, story-based single-player video game. Um, so with Dot Hack GU, the main character is Haseo, and it's been kind of interesting uh, having played all of the games. I have not played Part Four. Uh, I am on my, I think, fifth playthrough or so of the entire series, uh, and I'm playing uh, Recode, which was last Recode is a collection of. Um, all three of the uh, the games there uh, with a fourth uh, little kind of epilogue, so to speak. But uh, with the last recode, um, you know, they first of all, with how niche or niche, however you want to say it, uh, the dot hack series is uh, like the first game, I think, sold over a million copies. But it was, you know, it was on the PlayStation 2, so you had a, a you might not have, but you had a large base of people owning that. The PlayStation 2 sold, you know, like 150 plus, you know, million pieces of hardware. Um, but you had a game that kind of hit the ground running, and then, you know, after that, uh, you're looking at probably maybe like a 100, 150,000 units sold of, you know, each of the GU games and a lot of the latter of the first four. Uh, the last recode, you know, I want to say like 300,000 or so copies um, sold. So it was, I was absolutely shocked to even see them, you know, do a remaster compilation or collection, like whatever you want to call it, like an HD, uh, you know, remake of the games. It was kind of like 
shocking even seeing that. So I picked it up on the PS4 and I'm playing through it on the Switch. That's kind of my send off to the series is I'm going to kind of, you know, play through it and everything like that. And you know, one final time, the fourth or fifth or sixth time, however many times I played these games. Um, but I just remember being in that room, you know, to kind of go back a little bit, <clears throat> you know, being in that barracks with my roommate and watching him play these games. And I remember he, you know, finished it and things were just like different then. So, you know, he would finish the first collection. We'd have to, you know, try to look up or find out when the next ones were coming out. And they released uh, pretty close to each other. So maybe like less than a year, you know, the second one came out less than a year, the third one came out. So it was kind of an interesting mechanic there, but you're playing a single player story-based game that kind of mimics an MMO. So, you know, you, you start the game, uh, first of all, the music's absolutely wonderful. Um, so you're, you're at your actual desktop and it's like you're logging into a computer. So you never see like the real world, um, you know, people, so to speak, you see their avatars or their personas, uh, in the game. <clears throat> uh, one of my favorite things about the game, which I think uh, maybe, uh, I, I don't know if other people like it as much because you kind of have to give into it a little bit, is the fact that, you know, the games are incredibly melodramatic and they are playing, you know, this MMO called The World. So that's the in-game name of the video game that you're playing. <laughs> so you're simulating somebody playing a video game. Um, but... Uh, they are definitely, you know, it, it, there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of things being taken seriously. There's a lot of, you know, friction between the characters early because, you know, they're just either anime tropes or, you know, things are happening in the world, uh, you know, around them that aren't that great. Um, but as you're kind of playing this game, you know, you follow a storyline where people are starting to get trapped in, you know, the games. So, in the real world, you know, they're getting like stuck in the game or they're going into a coma. Um, so that's kind of like what kicks this off is Haseo um, is, you know, playing with, I want to say his other maybe party members. Um, Adelie is like, uh, she has an avatar or a character that looks like, I want to say Shino, which is what kind of kicks off his entire, you know, thing. So she goes into a coma. Right. So there's uh, there's going to be spoilers here. So I apologize. <laughs> but she goes into a coma and he's trying to figure out, like, what's going on, who's you know responsible for this and everything like that. Um, and in turn, his character gets completely erased. So, you know, he goes by the terror of death. Uh, he's a what do they call it? Like PKK player killer killer. So he hunts, uh, you know, players that kind of prey on like newbies and it's all like super dramatic, but he has like a max level character, never plays any of the story stuff, never plays any of the PVE stuff. Um, but, you know, at the beginning of the game, he experiences uh, like a computer glitch uh, slash something called Ida that basically erases his character entirely. So, you know, he kind of starts from scratch level one and he's like, whoa, you know, like what just happened? What's going on here? Um, but what's super fascinating is the game's attempt to bring in, you know, the MMO aspects to a single player experience. So there's some good and some bad there. The good is you have a lot of players like playing together, taking the game seriously. So like if you if you kind of let yourself become enveloped with the story and the character interactions and everything like that, which I think the game actually does really well. Your first one, Rebirth, starts off and I can 
maybe understand where people don't like Haseo as much because he's a bit immature. He's rash. You know, he's yelling at other characters. Um, you're kind of like, listen, guy, just <laughs> calm down and, you know, think think like an adult. But um, as you kind of go through, it's really interesting watching his arc. Um, and, you know, as, you know, Redemption, which is the third volume, kind of wraps up, just hearing him talk to the other, you know, cast members and, you know, as things are being kind of finalized, you you really see a lot of character growth, not only from the main character, but you see a lot of character growth uh, based upon the interactions with the characters. And uh, there's just like small little nods to where you'll receive an email, you know, for example, of somebody, one of the characters from, uh, you know, the first four games. And they're, it's accidentally sent to Haseo's mailbox. So it's just like a nice little wink and a nod to kind of keep uh, the player involved, even if they maybe haven't played, you know, the original four games or anything like that. Um, but as it's kind of mimicking this MMO, you do get some negative kind of side effects too. So one of the most interesting things I would say that, you know, Dot Hack GU as a trilogy has going for it is it is three specific games. They each have a feel and they are, the story is told in thirds. So, you know, the first one ends on a cliffhanger, the second one ends on a cliffhanger, and then the third game does a really good job of kind of wrapping everything up with a nice little bow. So that's kind of like interesting. However, <laughs> the reason why this playthrough is taking a little bit longer. Um, is in between, you know, you're checking your email. When you log into the game, you're doing a quest. And a lot of that can, you know, feel like a, a filler of sorts. Um, so it's kind of like interesting because the gameplay can get repetitive. Um, what's cool is with the last recode is you can either start fresh or you can start at the max level with like all kinds of gear and everything like that. And if you've played the games a few times, that's, that's definitely kind of the route that you want to go. Um, that, that's the first time that I've done it. Normally I always start at level one and kind of go through it, but, uh, this has been kind of nice to kind of get through the questing and everything a little bit quicker. Um, because with MMOs, you'll have that repetition. So, yeah, and this is simulating that repetition, right? So, you know, you fight monsters, you fight a boss, you get new gear, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the the thing that has kept me coming back and, and the reason why I kind of think Dot Hack GU and the Dot Hack series in general is so special is not so many people have kind of experienced it, but if you start from the beginning, um, you know, and once again, I'll keep referencing GU here because that's kind of what I wanted to focus on a little bit more. Um, but if you focus and you start on GU by like you get really they do, they have done such a great job with the character development, the character interactions, um, not only the styles of the characters too, like everybody looks really unique, but just small things like, you know, one of the characters, um, he is like a designer of the game's graphics or something like that. So, and he's just like this silly superhero type character, but it's really interesting seeing like all of these different characters kind of interact together. And I, I thought they did such like an absolutely wonderful job. Like when I look back on the game fondly, um, it, it's normally like those character interactions that, you know, have remained with me throughout the years. But like I said, you know, the first time I see it, we're watching it, you know, me and my buddy, my roommate at the time, we're looking up, you know, when the second one's coming out and it might've been like September something. Uh, I can't remember. This, was, this feels like it was a million years ago at this point, uh, close to 15 years, I think. Um, 
But yeah, so like we would go pick up the second one uh, right after finishing the first one. And I, I remember watching the first one. I won't give too many spoilers here, but it ends on a cliffhanger and it, it ends, right? Something crazy happens. You're like, oh my goodness. And then <laughs> the screen like turns to black and it just starts going through like the credits and you're like, uh, like oh my goodness, what is happening here? But you see this, uh, you know, you, you see the credits and everything like that. The game ends and it's like, whoa, <laughs> like what just happened? Like what's going to happen with the characters and everything like that? And I just remember my roommate and I, uh, you know, looking up the second one, trying to go and find it and everything like that. And it was so interesting at that time too, like looking back now, because you don't know what games are going to be, you know, valuable or difficult to find in the future. You know, like I'm sure you could go on the PlayStation 2 and, uh, find the Grand Theft Autos relatively easily, maybe, uh, or Madden, or, or games that had like a lot of volume, you know what I mean? Um, but this these games didn't have a lot of volume. So it's like really interesting seeing, you know, <laughs> being able to buy them used because somebody would purchase it and trade it in, uh, you know, for like 10 bucks or 12 bucks or something like that. And kind of seeing like, you know, before the last code, the last recode launched, um, seeing, you know, geez, like you would spend a few hundred bucks to, you know, get the collection all together. Um, just because there are so few copies out there. But that's one interesting thing that I, I recall from like going, you know, going to GameStop at the time, <laughs> and going in and being like, hey, uh, can I have dot hack G U volume two backslash backslash reminisce? <laughs> uh, it was like really interesting because like the games are they're basically simulating like a, a, an online world. Uh, and I, I want to say the game, the games came out, GU came out 2006, 2007 ish, like that time frame roughly. Um, but the in game world takes place, I want to say like 2016, 2017. Um, so it's really interesting because, uh, like when you're on your desktop, so when like you log into the game and you start, um, there's a, a card game that you can play like a versus something. I can't remember what it's called. Crimson versus, I think. Um, but there's like other stuff to do outside of logging into the world and progressing the story. Um, but one of them, which is really interesting, and they put a lot of work into this, uh, which you don't really see small things like this in video games, but because they're simulating this, there's a message board. There's a bunch of message boards, you know what I mean? And you'll go into a topic on a message board and there's artwork, and there's all of these posters and everything like that. And one of the most interesting thing about the games is they, the creators, <laughs> I think they did a pretty good job of creating different personalities and like screen names and like interactions and everything like that. And they're surprisingly like realistic. Like if you kind of get into anime and manga and listen, like, I, hey, I'm a nerd as well. I get it. I always call myself a nerd. Um, not in a derogatory way, but you know, I like manga, I like anime, I like video games, I like all video games. But my point is, you know, you might see some kind of goofy posts on message boards when it comes to, you know, topics like that. And they did a good job kind of encapsulating that. And then also having like your standard people, Haseo will post, um, your other party members too, that you, that can be on your team. Uh, it's kind of interesting, too, because they'll post. So you kind of find out <laughs> Crimson versus the card game, which is really that. Oh, my God. I, I feel like I could do just a topic about that. Like you can really get into the weeds there. Um, but basically, uh, they have like a little card mini game, but it's not unlocked in the first episode for a minute. Uh, I want to say until like halfway through, they finally kind of like unlock it. 
Um, but one of the things you realize is once they, you know, relaunch Crimson Versus <clears throat> and you can like log in and play and rank up, you know, there's a message board for that, right? Uh, and you kind of find that Gaspard, one of like your goofy party members, is like the champion. <laughs> Uh, he's not so good at the world. Uh, so there's different characters, right? You have like your humanoid characters and then there's your beast characters. So he's like, uh, he he looks like a, I feel so terrible describing this, like a short round dog, (laughs) but, uh, you know, his voice actor, absolutely phenomenal playing like a goofy, like everything's going wrong. I'm sad. Um, kind of down on their luck type of character, but they do a good job of really portraying that. Uh, and that's one of the things that I think, you know, stand out about the game, which you you look after that time frame. So after 2006, 2007, and for like the decade after that, maybe less, like eight to 10 years, Japanese role-playing games in particular, like really struggled to kind of find their groove again. Uh, and Japanese games in general, for like a little while there after the PS3, the 360, you know, launched, um, it, that was kind of interesting. That's a little segue there. I won't go too much into that, but it was, you know, voice acting kind of took a dip there for a minute. I think it's improved massively. I think there's been like a, a huge resurgence in that. Um, but that's one thing that stands out about dot hack GU as a trilogy too, is the voice acting, like, man, you have some characters that are really selling the bit. So you'll have a character like entrance, um, who he's kind of, you know, like, oh, everything is this and like kind of like lackadaisical and like then you'll have your characters that are dramatic, your superhero character, your character, you know, uh, I can't think of her name, Pi, I believe, the pink haired uh, girl who, you know, um, her and Haseo are always butting heads. Like they each have this style and this character and all of the voice actors, I, I wish I could name them, but they do a phenomenal job of really, you know, giving life to these characters. Um, I thought they did absolutely phenomenal, but yeah, so small things like that. I'll kind of go back to it. So they created the message board. So like you can go on the message boards. Um, there's one storyline in particular, that's a side storyline that I look back on fondly too, where, um, one of the players, or excuse me, one of the people on the message board, they draw art. So you can go into these message boards and download, um, you know, pieces of art from the, you know, the fake characters that are creating this, like, Hey, I drew this character that I saw in the world. Um, and you can download that and you can put that on your backdrop. And I know that's like something really small, but it goes a long way into creating the feelings of this being an MMO type game. And what's funny too, is the world, you know, the in-game MMO of the dot hack series, uh, is essentially what World of Warcraft became. <laughs> um, yeah, World of Warcraft, uh, I want to say, you know, what, had 10 plus or 12 million player base at one point, and I think the world has like 16 million. Um, but what's interesting, too, is uh, this is a little bit ahead of its time uh, in terms of story. So the the world it's played with i want to say like a set of glasses almost like the google glasses or like a vr headset um so like your mind's kind of like transported in when you're playing it so they are you know looking at hey this is what we think 2016 2017 will look like and they were ahead of the game on some things like vr and virtual reality probably probably not in its current state i would consider it in like its alpha states but it probably is the future. And I think one day, you know, it might not be in my lifetime. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll be gaming another 30 years. 
but it might be kind of like a dot hack, a matrix, a sword art online where you plug into the game and your mind goes into it and you're controlling it like, you know, in a way that we've never really interacted with um, technology before where with the VR headsets right now, like you put it on and you, you're still physically present where you're at. You're not necessarily transported in, even though I've heard, because I've, I've played around with certain scenarios of it a little bit, um, but as for gaming, I've never really played like video games on it. But it, it does, you know, the, the series does a great job of really trying to have pinpointed, you know, where they think things are going to be. Um, you know, on top of the message boards, you have like your news articles, uh, world articles, you know, celebrity articles. They did a really interesting job trying to make this a world that you kind of like step into and you're kind of like role playing yourself a little bit. <clears throat> and frankly, one of the reasons why I look back on Dot Hack GU so fondly in the series in general is. I can't think of any other experience that really replicates it. So I would say in terms of an anime, you know, Sword Art Online uh, has a lot of similarities. It's a very similar concept. Um, but from, you know, I've played a few of their games and it's just not the same. Like the quality's not there. It's like you have this really solid role-playing experience. You, you know, you have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So three games where... You know, they tell the story in thirds. They keep you, you know, hanging on. They have cliffhangers. So, like, but what's most important, too, is you see the development of all the storylines and all of the characters kind of grow with the experiences. So by the time you fire up, you know, the third, and once again, uh, I have not played through the fourth one yet. I'm doing, I'm playing through the last recode as kind of my send-off to the series. But by the time you're wrapping up volume three, um, you're putting a bow and all of the storylines are closed off. And it's just so fascinating, you know, having played that. I, I remember when I was finishing up Redemption and essentially, you know, Haseo, the main character, is kind of saying goodbye to everybody. And I haven't played too many video games where those goodbyes felt powerful like I felt like I was saying goodbye. Um, and you don't see that in too many games. You know what I mean? Be and the reason why I think it kind of works a little bit is it's a double-edged sword. So <clears throat> you're, you're replicating a non-online MMO experience, right? And you have three games. And the three games are very similar. Like the combat's similar. Sometimes it can get very repetitive. But because of that time that you spent in it and because all three volumes, you know, tell a chunk of their story, you kind of see like, OK, we have a beginning, we have a middle arc and then we have things being wrapped up. So you kind of you kind of grow with the experience, too, because you put um, I want to say without doing too much of like the side content, maybe like 25, I would say between 20 and 30 hours of, of content. So at this point, I can probably in like 20 some hours, 100%, you know, the games do everything that you need to do, um, you know, get your characters to max level, but then also, you know, uh, carry that progress over to the, the other games. But what really has stuck with me about Dot Hack GU is 
when you're saying goodbye, when, you know, Haseo is kind of wrapping everything up and he's reading his emails out loud, like, you know, he's kind of narrating what's happening. It was really powerful. Like I felt it. And I don't think many video games have given me that experience. There might be like a few, you know, games here and there in terms of story. I might say Mass Effect, that trilogy is possibly, you know, another one, but even, even then, so like the third, we won't get into that too much. <laughs> um, I have fond memories of GU, uh, the ending of Mass Effect 3, kind of, I don't know, that was a, that's neither here nor there, I suppose. But, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> we're going to have to delete that little chunk there. Um, but seeing a set of characters, um, you know, go from beginning, middle, and end, and grow is these fictional, stagnant characters that exist in this video game trilogy, you know, as is. So it's not like there's been, you know, a lot of DLC updates or anything like that. You know, I think 2009 was when uh, Redemption, the kind of, you know, the conclusion to the series released. And after that, it's kind of set in stone. So like you get to look back on it fondly and it dot hack GU kind of just leaves me with a sense of like yearning. Um, I was absolutely shocked to see that they released a, an HD collection and, you know, it sold what 300,000 copies. Uh, I don't know if they've tracked it the past couple of years. Um, one of the benefits of the games is there is always a sale. So like, if you want to jump in, you know what I mean? I, I think they sell the entire collection last recode for like $5. It's been on sale a bunch of times. Um, but, you know, I have the games on PlayStation 2, I have the Last Recode collection on PS4, and then I have it on the Switch as well. It's just been one of those games where I, I, I want to show my support because I don't know what's next for the series. And that's the, you know, other part of the reflection is we may have very well seen the last bit of dot hack and now CyberConnect 2 develops the games. I want to say Namco Bandai publishes them, so I think they technically own it. And to be frank, not many people have experienced the games. Like they it's it's a small crowd and that's kind of what kicked off the idea for this podcast is there's just so many stories and so many games and like so many experiences that were just kind of lost to the tides of time. Um I haven't met a single other person uh, in person, I should say, that has actually played these games. Uh, you know, even, you know, a few of my friends outside of uh, my, my old roommate, um, you know, all my friends from back home, you know, they haven't experienced the games. They know for me because I'm always like, oh, my gosh, these games are great. <laughs> but other than that, um, you know, it, they've had a very small impact. And I, I feel like dot hack punches above its weight here. Like, I just feel like the games and the overall experience, like there might be some repetition. You might, you might get tired of the battles for a minute. I remember, you know, sometimes in volume two, when I was doing my playthroughs, <laughs> I would, uh, I would finish up, you know, uh, uh, like a mission or something like that. I'm like, okay, I need to take a break for a little bit because I just finished the first game and I'm like 10 hours into the second one. And it, it does get a little repetitive, and what's kind of driving me forward is those, you know, character interactions, the story just, but my point with that is, is so few people have experienced this, right? The communities are small. 
it's it's hard to you know get you know people streaming this game every once in a while you'll see a streamer pop up and it's like holy smokes they're playing dot hack uh, but the issue, too, with Twitch is they might be playing, you know, game two of four of the original set of games. And, you know, like, it, 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 I almost wish they were kind of, like, bundled together like the last Recode. Um, so that way you could just click and see if, like, anybody's kind of, um, you know, playing them at the time. But it, it's just we might have seen the last dot .hack video game. It's been years and years, and they actually just had, I want to say, the 20th anniversary. It's crazy to think, like, oh, my gosh. That's where um, you start realizing you're old or you've been playing video games for a really long time is when, you know, these games don't seem old to me at all. <laughs> and they're celebrating a 20th anniversary. You're like, oh, my gosh. And then you look at, like, Mario and Zelda, and, like, those are 35-year-old franchises. Holy smokes. What is going on? Um, but you know, we might have come to the conclusion of the series. So, you know, the last Recode launch, and it released with a fourth episode. I, I heard it short. I haven't played it, but it, it acts as an epilogue um, and kind of like wraps everything else up, which is which is really interesting. And, and that's kind of like going to be my send off. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to play through the three, finish episode four and kind of see, but it gives you a, a feeling of melancholy i guess you would say um like a yearning a sadness almost that this could be it for the for the series and this is just a an underrated series you know in my opinion uh but you know saying all of that it is a series that requires people to be kind of receptive of your anime manga style you know japanese role-playing game style which I love, you know, I love all RPGs, but, you know, I really do still like that style, like the old school, like, hey, I'm going to travel around, you know, do towns, level my characters, change my gear, you know, progress a story and everything like that. I still love that stuff, but it's, it's really interesting, you know, it's like, where do we go from here? Um, I know Cyber Connect 2, I think they make like Naruto games and like other games like that. Uh, but obviously, I, I believe those sell really well. I know Naruto is huge, um, but it's just really interesting, you know, like we might have come to the conclusion of this dot hack series and that could be it, you know. Um, so luckily, we're very fortunate <laughs> to have, you know, seven main games, a PSP game and a bunch of animes and everything like that. So that's always pretty interesting. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, the people that love it, like myself, um, have replayed these games several times over, uh, which, you know, so like you can always re-experience, uh, you know, those games again. And every once in a while, I kind of come back to them. It's kind of on uh, my list of games that, you know, I'll replay. So, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3, Ocarina of Time, Final Fantasy X, um, you know, just certain games that are kind of on the rotation, Pokemon Red and Blue, that's another one. <laughs> I always feel like I end up going back to those games, you know, like every year, every couple of years, you kind of fire it back up to see what's going on. And I've done that over the years, you know, with Dot Hack as well. But yeah, so it's, it's interesting seeing that it could be done. Uh, and it leaves me kind of sad. The games, the game in the storylines, gave me that feeling as well. Like I finished it and I mentioned this earlier, but it gives you a sense of yearning and like almost sadness, like bitter, bitter sweetness. Um, like when I look back on them fondly, cause like they did such an amazing job of just wrapping everything up 
and seeing the characters grow and kind of seeing, you know, conclusions to their storylines, like they made it through the situation together. Uh, but a little bit more kind of about the games, uh, which is like really interesting. So you have this, you know, MMO, pseudo MMO, uh, offline MMO style. <laughs> and then uh, you have this computer virus slash program called Ida that looks like black goo or orbs. Um, and this is kind of, you know, knocking players out of the game and putting them into a coma. So really the game is about Haseo, you know, meeting this, you know, GU collective where they're kind of trying to figure out and keep it hush hush. Cause imagine, imagine now if you had a product or a video game <laughs> or, uh, something where, Hey, sometimes, uh, yeah, people just go into a coma in the real world. Whoops. <laughs> you would want to, you would not want this, you know, getting out. And I think the first four games, I think it was a similar storyline. Um, but with dot hack GU, that's kind of like, you know, the premises, you know, Haseo is trying to find and bring back Shino and figure out what's going on because she's in a coma. And then he runs into a character named Adelie. And, you know, of course, <laughs> because, uh, you know, in MMOs, sometimes the character creation, it's everyone's kind of basic until you get your gear. But, you know, he meets a character, Adelie, who looks like this Shino. So he's like, whoa, like what's going on here? Um, ends up not being so nice to her in the first game, but, you know, things eventually progress and get better. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the, the overall stories you're trying to figure out, you know, what's happening with this and correct it. And the game does an interesting style of shaking things up, but then I guess you would have to debate, you know, is it worthwhile? So you have your like main battles. So you go into a battle, um, you're, uh, I'll, I'll take a step back here. You start a mission, right? And you'll walk into an area and you gain these words and you can use three words. And when you pair them all together, it'll create different levels, um, different monsters, uh, different styles. So from a replayability standpoint, it is actually kind of interesting. Like you can just load the game up and, you know, load these randomly generated areas based upon these keywords. And as you read the message boards, as you play the game, like you get additional keywords uh, and there's missions and areas and everything like that, that, obviously progress the storyline, but you can just like go in, you know, get the piece of gear at the end, fight the monsters, fight the boss. Um, it, it's pretty interesting. So that part would be really intriguing to see in a modern setup. Um, I only say that because you could actually on a larger scale have a world where there are, you know, randomly generated areas based upon these keywords that you pick and they could create, you know, a new system and kind of feed into that. Um, there, a lot of games recently that kind of fit into, um, I'm trying to think of what it's called, uh, like the roguelike games where, you know, the levels are randomly generated. I think that's been kind of thought out. I think the, you know, processing power of, you know, those systems and everything like that are a lot better. So that would be interesting to kind of see the developers if they do make another game in the series to kind of play around with that idea because that is really cool. Um, but yeah, so like you go in, you complete the mission and everything like that. Um, you go on the message boards, you get more keywords. Uh, so it's like really interesting because there's like little side stories too. Like, hey, you know, I saw a ghost or something like this here. Um, you go through, you can kind of like play through it and kind of get to the end. Uh, that part's all really interesting. Uh, but then there's avatar battles too. So Haseo and the GU clan, um, one thing that they can do is summon this avatar, which is like this giant flying robot looking thing. <laughs> um, and you kind of control it and you'll fight, you know, um, 
Ida bosses, I guess you would call them. Uh, but what's really cool about that is, you know, it, it breaks up the gameplay. So I, I did read somewhere that somebody was like, these seem kind of pointless, um, but it does shake it up. And that's what the game, the games do really well is they have a lot of different, you know, gameplay styles and sections of the game that break it up really well. Yeah, but they do a really good job of um, breaking up the gameplay styles really well. So, you know, you'll log out, you'll check emails, you log in, you do a mission, um, you go on the message boards, um, you know, the avatar battles, um, you know, interacting like with the characters. Uh, that, that was another thing uh, that was pretty interesting, too, is you start the, the games off and the characters have uh, I'm trying to think of what you would like your relationship status with the characters like you can level it up um it's a very basic version so if anyone's played like you know the persona series it would be like the social links um you know starting from like three four five etc um so you can do that as well um in the gu games and that's like pretty interesting too uh, and it's something like small so you log out and you can collect these you know like postcard type things like these digital postcards and send them to the characters um, you can email them back and forth. So you'll kind of have like, you know, you'll learn about the characters and like who they are in real life, uh, things they like and everything like that. But the, the games do a, a really great job of kind of breaking all of that up and keeping the gameplay interesting because it is repetitive. So you're doing like, you know, eight different tasks, you know, over and over again, but you know, you don't do them all like in order one to, you know, one through eight, um, you can kind of break it up, but uh, you know, in the first games, there's also a PvP element. So you, <laughs> this is where it gets melodramatic and like really fun um, because, you know, they call it PKing, so player killing, and they treat it like it's like the worst thing ever. So there's guilds that are like anti-PK. There's guilds that are strictly with like player killing where they're just going around and hunting noobs. And it's like so dramatic because the characters, you know, getting knocked out, especially like, you know, like Gaspard, <laughs> Uh, they're, they're just like really selling it. They're acting like they're dying in real life. Now, keep in mind, this is unrelated to the real life comas that people are going into. Um, like their characters just dying and they're like, oh, I just want to play the world and have fun. So there's different elements of it. Uh, but there's these official arena battles too, which this was another fun concept that kind of breaks up the gameplay pretty well. Um, but uh, I want to say it's Endurance is the champion. So each game has uh, an arc where there is a, a champion of the avatar battles and everyone else can you know get a team of three and rank up to kind of challenge this person um but not everyone can see the avatar like robot characters that we mentioned earlier that fights ida right so endrance is seemingly being mind controlled by ida or impacted by ida uh, and he's using his avatar to, and he's doing solo. So he's fighting player, you know, player groups of three people um, in this, in this PVP section by himself. So, you know, you're kind of watching and you know, there's a scene where Haseo is like watching him. And then all of a sudden he summons his avatar and all the characters just get knocked out. And they're like, whoa, what happened? We didn't even see the attack. You have your announcer too. Like this is where, this is prime dot hack, you know, GU. You have the announcer just like, they're they're hungry lions like just like announcing the players and it's just like so silly but everybody is like acting like this is real like they're bought in they're like let's do this right um and, and that kind of like feeds into it because it's a little cheesy but it also kind of feeds into this where you know 
it makes the player, the actual player playing the video games feel like, hey, you know, everybody's kind of bought in and taking this for what it is. And that's one of the things I kind of, you know, like about it is they are taking this MMO seriously, kind of almost like LARPing it a little bit, <laughs> maybe a little too much. Um, but yeah, so ultimately, Haseo is trying to level up here uh, and, you know, d figure out what's going on with Ida, you know, with the help of the GU crew. Uh, so he's being kind of tasked. I want to say Wada, I, I feel like is his name. I, I can't remember, but he's like the ominous monotone voice the deep voiced guy who's like hey you got to go you know figure all this out um but yeah so the avatar battles it's it's pretty interesting too so each uh game of the trilogy you know has that as well where you're getting to the end you know and becoming like the the champion of the entire like pvp league of the arena um so that was also like a, a really cool breakup as well um but yeah the games are like they're I look back very fondly on the Dot Hack series, and in particular, you know, Dot Hack GU, because it, it reminds me, you know, you know, of my my roommate from the military. Um, it like it kind of transports you back, makes you a little bit nostalgic too, because um, you have such like for me personally, I have such like a a tie to these video games because I feel like they're just it's just a wonderful story being told. Characters are amazing. Like it's just there's not an experience like it out there that you can replicate. So it's really interesting, you know, seeing that and it kind of teleports you back to when you played them, makes you a little bit nostalgic as well. Um, but it reminds me of, you know, him like finding these games and being like, oh, check this out. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and being like, oh, you know, what, what the heck is this? Um, and, and just, you know, I remember us, you know, waking up in the mornings and, you know, going to GameStop when it launched and picking it up or, picking it up after work and ordering a pizza and, you know, <laughs> getting some, uh, some choice beverages, uh, to play the games with. Um, but it makes you look back fondly. And at the end of the day, you know, these are, it, it, it might be hard to recommend to somebody who doesn't play RPGs, but I, I think, you know, dot hack overall, and in particular, the GU series, especially with the last recode with a lot of the updates they did to the gameplay, the graphics and everything like that. I just think there's not an experience, you know, out there that's similar to it. Like it's, it's something that is very unique. It, it's a wonderful experience. And when I look back on it, it's just bittersweet. I'm so happy that I've, you know, gotten to experience the story, the games and everything like that but a little bit of sadness on what's to come. You know, what, what is next? What is out there? Um, are, will somebody try to replicate this or does it not make too much sense now because, you know, the internet has exploded in popularity since then and there are MMOs. There are, you know, video games where, you know, so many people are interacting and playing with them now. So does something like this even make sense? Um, and like I said too, the sales of the games for what they are um, they're not bad. You know, the last recode, if it sold, if 300,000 is roughly accurate. And I think those numbers are a couple years old. I don't know if they're tracking it too much anymore. Um, you know, it's sold decently well as a send off. So like what's next. And I know with a lot of people that have experienced these games, that's kind of what they're, you know, what we, I should say, are, are looking at, like, what is next? Can we get something? Um, will there be an announcement? Um, will there be a, you know, the first four games being put in a collection similar to the Dot Hack GU series. 
Um, if we don't get a new entry, that would be what I would like to see. If I, if we can get a new entry and they really try this and hopefully the games are, you know, popular, hopefully, you know, everybody that has experienced these games comes out and buys it at launch. But if not, you know, those first four games cleaned up in a collection, you know, with HD graphics and everything like that, um, that would be absolutely wonderful. Or revamping, you know, the battle system in those ones to be either more like GU or to be, you know, something entirely new. So I don't want to give up hope entirely, right? Because I never expected the last recode to ever be a thing. Like that blows my mind. Like when I saw they were doing a collection, I was like, all right, cool. Where do I buy? Uh, how much is it at launch? <laughs> like, I want to make sure that I show my support and, you know, play through these again. Um, and it, it's great, too, because there could be new players coming into the series playing that one, you know, playing the collection first, which would be, you know, absolutely wonderful. Um, but what is next? So uh, it, it, it'll be interesting seeing, you know, if we don't get a new game, I would love to see a remaster collection of the first four games on the PlayStation 2. I think that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, you know, that'd be something great to see. But, you know, if not, uh, I can look back fondly on my experiences with the Dot Hack series and, and GU in particular um, and just know that I got to experience something that you know, there, there aren't other games like this out there and watching, you know, Haseo and the other characters just kind of grow and develop as complete people. And I feel like the series doesn't get enough credit with that. Um, in terms of like character development is you really do see, you know, these characters grow between the games and when it finishes up, you know, they're not the same person they were in the beginning. And you get that, that sense of growth and that, that feeling of change, but positive change, you know, cause even good or bad experiences, you know, kind of craft who you are into the future. So, uh, I love the dot hack series. I love the GU games in particular. I have extremely fond memories of, you know, playing these games and, you know, my roommate kind of showing me these games and, you know, where I was, uh, you know, at my life as well, a little bit of nostalgia there too, uh, with it. But I mean, if you're able to, if you're, if you're listening to this, you're probably already a dot hack fan, but you know, if you're just, you know, an RPG fan or a video game fan in general, these give them, give them a chance, you know, pick up the last recode. It's basically on every single platform at this point. You can get it for like five bucks when it goes on sale or six bucks. Um, their games worth experiencing, you know, give all three of them a shot, play through them, um, and you know, they're one of my favorite gaming experiences as a whole that I've ever had. So that wraps up this podcast, episode zero of Gaming's Lost Memories. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Once again, I'm Big Reed, and I look forward to the next one.